0: Handle on the news. Handle on the news. Hey, Bill. Handle.
1: Uh, do me a favor. Don't be a fool today. All right. Thanks.
0: Bye. Fat chance.
1: Oh uh, yeah. There we go. Oh, we you start another one. Actually, Friday. Uh, good news. Friday. I guess. Got a lot going on. Uh, tonight is uh, the big uh, cocktail party where people had paid. Uh, a good chunk of money to charity for us to be there. So uh, for those of you that are not going, which of course is a vast, vast, vast majority, uh, that's good that you're not going. I don't know why I said that. Good
2: for them or good for you because you don't want to meet too many people?
1: I
3: Actually, yeah. (laughs) And Michelle has given me a whole list of questions to ask you, Handel. Oh, that's right. And
1: and the way when we do these things, it's a lot of Q&A and... Uh, The lovely Jennifer Jones Lee is, in fact, going to be hosting. Oh, thank you. And you're going to be asking the questions.
3: Yeah, but what's great about this is all of the questions that I have for all of you, I bet I don't know 80% of the answers to. Okay. So I'm kind of excited myself. Okay. For
2: people who who can't go, you can participate this way. It's not as good, but uh, Michelle who's now the executive producer of the whole station, which is why she's not here, yeah. on her page, on the station's page, kfiam 640com keyword producer Michelle, she has uh, a little article with a video mm-hmm. and a slideshow Showing the Anaheim White House, Chef Bruno's Restaurant, after the fire gutted it. And then, now it has been reborn. Oh, totally. And the new pictures... Now, I I never saw it before the fire. Was it as swanky before as now? Because it looks like a palace. No,
1: it was very Baroque. Uh, It was very... over the top. Oh, very over the top. Very over the top. A lot of floral frescoes.
3: It was pretty, though. I mean, it was At lovely least, to go. A lot of Italian hookers would go there. <laughs> I never saw any. <laughs> they weren't there on my well, now. I it and looks. I love, and I
1: love, and I, so no longer, no more Italian hookers. They have to go down the street to the, the Pizza Hut. We are, uh, Actually, and, the, and the, we're going to have the grand opening. I mean, we as in, uh, obviously, I'm so tied in with Bruno and the Anaheim White House and, of course, Katerina's Club. All of us are. And uh, it's, um, uh, and the food is wonderful. So the grand opening, there, it's opening again. And we'll be doing it. looks amazing. Yeah, and that's where we do our pasta-thon. And uh, so it's all good stuff. Anyway, uh, morning, Jennifer. Good morning. And that T-shirt.
3: Uh, yes, it says, I already want to take a nap tomorrow.
1: Oh, that's in reference to tonight.
3: Well, no, this is just in reference to morning drive, period. Oh,
1: got it. All right. Fair enough. Uh, and uh, there's Wayne. Hello. Good morning. And there's uh, the lovely Alex. Good morning. And uh, the lovely and overly religious uh, John Good Ramirez. Good morning. Good morning. We have a lot of discussions about this.
2: Aren't you going to give him a peace be unto you or something? Uh,
1: peace be with you, handle. There you go. And, and with you. And with your now shake hands. Okay. Uh, here, have a wafer. You know that one of those things. I've been to some masses, and I don't take the wafer, and mainly because they're not Ritz Crackers with Cheese Whiz. If they had done, if they did that, uh, there'd be a lot. There'd be many, many more Catholics out there. Just want to let you know. All right, let's do it. Lead story. All right, very strange story. A uh, 16-year-old boy believed to be a boyfriend of a victim found along the San Gabriel River trial, a river trail, has been arrested for murder. Very strange story. The kid, uh, the victim,
2: they're naming the victim, even though he's a minor. Because he's dead. Yeah, Jeremy Sanchez. They do that all the time. Uh, he disappeared. He, uh, I guess he didn't come home from school, or actually didn't show up for school. Right. Wednesday, they found his body about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. He'd been stabbed, it looks like. And now this kid, who they're not naming because he's a juvenile, right. uh, is in uh, Los Padrino's juvenile hall.
3: And the word was that these two, the the victim and the suspect, uh, were dating and that the the victim broke it off because he said he was bisexual and wanted to start dating a girl. Mm. And the other kid apparently— wasn't in fact, yeah. Wasn't in favor of that. Yeah. Well, it looks like uh, in addition to LA needing more money for the homeless, a state audit says the entire California needs more money for the homeless.
1: Yeah. It's uh, the story appears to be getting worse and worse on how we deal with homeless. Uh, and uh, the uh, auditor, state auditor, said uh, that New York. Uh, Budgets, about $17,000 annually per homeless person. And uh, in L.A., about $5,000. New York, about um, 5% of the city's homeless population is not sheltered. They they do a 95% success rate. We come nowhere close to that. That is going to be the story of the year, I think, homelessness. Uh, That has become it.
2: You know, they always talk about something's going to sink this state financially and different things, the bullet train or pen- government pensions. Pensions. It definitely. might be homelessness that ends up being the thing because it's so intractable.
1: Yeah, as are pensions.
2: That's true. Uh, Rudy Giuliani is joining Trump's legal team.
4: Oh, Mr. And he says
2: he's going to negotiate an end to the probe. no. He might be able to negotiate how, if at all, the president participates. He can't negotiate. You think Robert Mueller's going to sit down and go, yeah, let's talk about wh- how I'll just stop investigating.
1: Yeah. With Rudy Giuliani as an attorney. The last time Rudy Giuliani practiced law, he was, uh, I think, uh, he was a federal uh, deputy attorney general, right? He was the, the U.S. attorney US
2: for U.S. attorney, while. that's yeah. right.
3: Now, don't you think that there's a little <laughs> strange timing there considering... The president's uh, personal attorney, Michael Cohen, his office was just raided by the U.S. attorney's office. And don't oh, you think no. that there's no. – oh, come no. on. No, no. Giuliani's still got to have been, some ties in there or at t- least know how things way, work. been way, way too long. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think there's it, a time. He was
1: already a senior person uh, when he left uh, as uh, U.S. attorney. And so the, his contacts were senior people. And he's bringing, on this married since couple. Retired.
2: Sorry. he's bringing on this married couple from Florida, Jane and Martin Raskin, who also are former federal prosecutors. So it's like he's loading up his legal team with people who used to do kind of what Mueller's doing now.
1: All right. We'll take a break. Come back. Uh, plenty more handle on the news. Also, after the break, your chance to win $1,000 brought to you by Cunning Dental. If you have dental problems, call Cunning Dental for a free exam. Oh, I'm doing uh, the Cunning Dental seminar tomorrow in uh in Claremont. Montclair. Montclair. There, yeah, both those cities. <sighs> Call 888-640-SMILE. <sighs> All
4: right,
1: Handle here on a uh, Friday, April uh, 20th, 420. And I'll tell you later on what uh, why 420 became synonymous, synonymous with uh, marijuana. But here's your chance to win some money.
0: Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200.
2: If you win, they'll call you from a number you don't recognize. Answer it or you're out of luck. Jake in Little Rock answered it and he won $1,000. Your next chance to win is next hour. You have a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m.
1: All right, back we go. More handle on the news on this Friday. Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me.
3: And the uh, Attorney General Sessions has had another loss when it comes to his fight for sanctuary cities.
4: Yep, this is number
1: three.
3: And And this is a federal appeals
2: court.
1: It's at the appeals Uh, level now, and he's losing. Right, this has to do with uh, withholding funds, grants to the police department's in sanctuary cities and the court said no 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 you don't do that you cannot put conditions on one city and not put those conditions on the other city you cannot discriminate against cities uh, that are labeled sanctuary cities also I mean you talk about vagueness at what point uh is it deemed a sanctuary city uh, unless it's declared a sanctuary city what is cooperation uh telling the uh the authorities? We're not telling them for the for example, a few of the sheriffs that I met at that sheriff's uh, uh, the uh, the sheriff's convention, the meeting, they're just all they're doing is putting on the website the names of uh, the prisoners they're releasing who are illegal aliens. Is that cooperation? Who the hell knows?
2: Hey, uh. I guess we do have a deal with the Trump administration to send National Guard to the border. border. There was a lot of confusion through this week because I think President Trump said no, because California won't do what we want. So we're not going to give them any money. But then later, Governor Brown said, oh, I have a letter confirming. That we're getting federal money to send them to the border, and they're going to the border.
1: Yeah, And it, it doesn't change anything that the president said. Gangs uh, were going after the gun smugglers, drugs. And so uh, what the, uh, our governor is saying, well, we won't do anything that even helps sort of kind of connected with the border patrol. We're not even going to get near the border. We're not right, even re- going to re- the we're not even gonna recognize <laughs> the border.
2: We're gonna help at the border from uh, San Luis Obispo.
1: Right. We're gonna sell you know what we're gonna do? We're standing at the border and as people cross, we're gonna sell chiclets. Chiclets, chiclets.
2: Wait, they're all Greek? <laughs> all the National Guardsmen are Greek?
3: Yeah, no
1: Speaking of
3: Speaking of Oh. I can't I, I lost can't believe
1: it. this one. I, I, I lost it when I looked at this. Im- lost
3: it. Imagine somebody taking their reenlistment oath with the National Guard. By mouthing with a dinosaur puppet on their right hand,
1: a hand puppet.
3: Like it almost uh, looks like a sock puppet, it is, but it's a dinosaur. It is beyond hilarious. But the
2: it's, the the, um, the guy administering the oath. Is smiling about it. Yeah. It, so he, at the time, nobody thought that it was wildly
1: yeah. disrespectful. Right. But he's, oh, but he's, now she's punished. Yeah, right? he, he she's punished. He's been busted.
3: He got demoted and from then Reynolds had to res- Lieutenant and resigned Colonel, instantly, immediately retired. Right, and then she now she got demoted too, and now they're saying, "Uh, yeah, you you uh can." I guess that there are different ways, unorthodox ways that you can do it. Like, oh, I don't know. You could maybe be suspended on a rappelling tower. But, I've heard of guys who are like up in their planes. But that's and they, different. You know the guys See, who that's do different. it. That doesn't make fun
1: of anything. Right. That's just something that National Guardsmen do. Right. And it is just one of those things uh, that's connected to the National Guard that makes it, I would guess, even more powerful.
3: Absolutely.
2: Have you ever seen the guys who do it where they spray them with tear gas? Yeah, and that's another take one. Yes.
1: Yeah. But pan puppets are a different animal, aren't they?
3: <laughs>
2: uh. All right. Uh, two deputies in Florida were killed yesterday. Oh. They're just sitting in a restaurant eating and a guy walks up to the window from the outside. He walks up to the window and just shoots him through the window dead.
1: And then even though the story doesn't say uh, he uh, killed himself. Uh, he was
2: found dead. Sunny, this article says he was found dead outside the business. Who else would have yeah. shot him unless it was a citizen, you know, a citizen well, with a gun. But this is Florida. Probably killed himself. This is
1: Florida, and uh, it is a uh, concealed carry state.
2: Yeah. Uh, no apparent motive. Nobody knows why. The Gilchrist County Sheriff, Bobby Schultz, said both our heroes had simply sat down to eat while on duty. There was no crime in progress, no disturbance.
3: Right. Yeah. Hey, guys. Also in Florida, I've got a developing news from ABC. Uh, according to a tweet, police are responding to a shooting at Forest High School in Florida. Marion County Sheriff says suspect's in custody. One person injured. Uh, but I'll let you know. Another school shooting. Another one. Oh, sure. It's been, uh, well, surprise
1: has been as long as this. We'll take a break and uh, come back and uh, do more. All right, Jennifer KPI KFI handle here. On uh, a Friday, which means that it's Free Movie Friday with uh, Adam Tickets. They're giving you a chance at free movie tickets. You can text them out. Now, text reporter to ADAM1 for your chance to win. It's the Adam Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions from all of your, all from your phone, skip the lines. All right, back we go. More handle on the news. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And just
3: a bizarre story coming out of Ventura. A dad was stabbed in the neck while he was eating dinner and holding his young daughter on his lap.
1: How could this happen? What is going on? I mean, is the moon in its uh,
3: third phase connected with Jupiter or whatever the hell they say? Yeah, you had those two deputies shot in Florida. Yeah. And now you've got this dad stabbed in the neck. The guy. Apparently is um, kind of a, a well-known homeless guy in the area. And they say the, that the the man who was stabbed and his wife were having dinner along with their five-year-old daughter. And he and just
1: came up and stabbed Just random. Yeah. No altercation. Yeah, life-threatening injuries, although he is uh, on this side of it, thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, could have died very easily.
2: Well, uh, there's supposed to be a big national high school walkout for gun control on the 19th anniversary of the Columbine shooting, but... Not at Columbine High School.
4: I got guns in my head and they won't go.
2: As has been the tradition, every year there, the school will be closed and, and the students will be doing a day of service. Also, there's going to be a big push for voter registration of people who are 18 or turning 18.
1: Which is so appropriate. A day of service is, I mean, that that's signifies a lot more. That says a lot more than a march, uh, than a rally.
3: Well the mayor of Burbank has died after a really short battle with cancer.
2: I, mean, I remember back in September yeah. when he, he made the announcement that he had that he had the cancer.
3: It was stage four liver cancer and it's uh Mayor Will Rogers and um he'd just been May since or mayor since May of last year, yeah. and um, they said that he, you know, he made the announcement but decided to stay on, and he's survived by his wife of 30 years, his daughter Sarah, and his son Stephen. Mm-hmm. Sad story.
1: All right, it's just some fun, good news. Uh, uh,
2: how appropriate this news comes out today on 420. The FDA unanimously recommends approval for a, a cannabis drug.
0: I said, Shake, rock.
1: Yeah. And they're describing this as groundbreaking. Now it's not it, it's it's a different form where it's uh, the THC, the stuff that gets you high is removed from this.
2: Yeah, it's just the cannabidiol which is the part that has so many medicinal benefits and does not have any psychoactive effects. It doesn't therefore have any risk for abuse. And and this panel said, "Oh, this is great for treating a couple of uh, epilepsy related uh, issues, especially that some children have. The problem is the DEA still has right. all of this stuff at Schedule 1. Yeah. So they have to take it off Schedule 1 they, and they're going to in have order to, for a doctor to you, prescribe it. Now,
1: you, you saw the video of the meeting itself. I mean, they actually they actually aired the video of the meeting and the vote. And then the feds came in, busted everybody, and they're all in jail now.
2: <laughs> no, but that's about how stupid the situation is.
3: Well, we've got the war on drugs, We've got issues with, you know, different substance abuses or alcohol. How about smartphone addiction? Me on the cell phone.
1: That's everybody, isn't it? Wait, How wait, often when do you, you look at your cell phone? Mind. I do it constantly. Right now, Even though no one ever texts me or calls me. <laughs> I'm just hoping.
3: Well, this especially apparently affects Aww. teenagers.
2: <laughs> But you know, no, you're not. I know. You, not. You're hoping that it rings so no, you can pick it up and go, who the hell is this? And slam right. it down How again. How many
1: times I get, you know, will you be my
3: friend or whatever on LinkedIn?
1: No. No, not interested.
3: Well, we won't have to worry about you with smartphone addiction then, handle? Because...
1: No, actually I do because I
3: get alerts,
1: CNN alerts, sure. uh, ABC alerts, uh, KFI alerts. So well, I'm
3: looking a lot this new research out of San Francisco State University found that even for teenagers it creates a brain imbalance and can boost feelings of loneliness, isolation, worsen anxiety, depression and they're likening it to like o- opioid dependency
1: you know i don't know if i buy this because uh, the the main problem with teenagers in terms of uh, mental issues is that they're teenagers it's also and when you can they're connect still, it to anything. Yeah, but it's when
2: they're still building those neural connections and if they're if the smartphones are screwing up the way their brains are developing, we're gonna have a well real could, tough generation. It coming could up. be
1: the CIA reading those thoughts. You ever listen to George Norrie? Uh and uh, then putting those thoughts into Facebook and the algorithms Oh, it's just tremendous what's going
3: on. Well, I can see though the withdrawal portion of it like making that comparison because how many times have you left your cell phone at home and spent the day going oh my gosh oh yeah i, can't believe no, I, I guess, don't have it oh i mean yes. there's a withdrawal
1: factor yeah. there on that one uh, i don't know if that's withdrawal i think it's more panic <laughs> it's,
3: it's both it's <laughs> both
2: if there's anything about the bill cosby retrial trial that is appropriate to laugh about it's this so-called toxicology expert the defense put on
0: oh, The yeah cosby <laughs>
2: Uh, it's a guy named Dr. Harry Millman, and the defense brought him in and on the stand. And this always happens when, when if the defense puts up an expert, the prosecution you attacks, know, the expert. attacks the expert. And are you really an expert and whatever? So, uh, what are your qualifications? Do you have any active licenses? Yes, I have a driver's license. <laughs> oh, well, I see on your uh, curriculum vitae here that you have a scholarly publication that you list. Wasn't that really just a letter to the editor? Well, yes, it was a letter to the editor. Oh, well, what else do you have that can convince us that you should be testifying here? Well, I've written a couple of thriller fiction novels. Maybe you'd like to pass them out to the jury. <laughs> ha! Oh, and he admitted that he had to Google yes, that's right. information about Benadryl to prepare
1: his report for the case. Uh, this is hilarious. This is a sitcom. You're right. Oh, this is Fat Albert. Who is on the stand? It's beyond hilarious. All right, we'll take a break, come back, and we'll finish it up. This is uh, KFI Jennifer Jones Lee. So KFI Handle here. And here we go. Oh, Wayne is so excited as we finish Handle on the news uh, with uh, Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. All right. Jen, you Dude, start Jen, this. Jen, say
2: it, say it, say it. Because I don't think you know what's
3: coming. <laughs> no, I don't know what to say. I don't know. David Copperfield uh-huh. had to reveal his magic trick in court.
0: This magic moment. Yeah. And it's a guy
2: who's suing because he got hurt participating right. in the oh, trick. That was ridiculous. Right, here's he, the thing. like, okay. tripped backstage. Let us please
1: now turn this over to Bill Handel. Okay. I, at a David Copperfield show, was in on that trick? What I was selected from the audience to be in this trick. No, and it's a group, seriously, it's a group of people who are chosen for the audience audience at random, and you participate in this magic trick. And a big sort of structure is pulled out. Uh, imagine a rectangular box of which there are seats inside. Okay, all right, two rows of seats, uh, maybe eight eight people across, so it's sixteen people. And you sit there, and uh, David Copperfield, and, and everybody's given a flashlight, right? Uh, and what happens is the curtains are then put around, so he's going to do the trick and have everybody disappear. And then you're as soon as the curtains come down, you're pulled out of there, and you run uh, through the tunnel, you know, backstage, and then you go outside to the back of... And they open the door and now you're at the back of the auditorium. So here is how they fool everybody. The curtain goes down and a bunch of staff members from the Copperfield show with flashlights are now moving around and uh, they're they're pretending they're the uh, the people there and it's sleight of hand and they do it in such a way that it looks like people are not sitting down yet you know they're sort of moving around. well, so now when the flashlights go off, because everybody is comfortably sat down, the curtain goes up, and there's nobody there. Oh. And David Copperfield points to the back of the auditorium, and there we are. And everybody goes, ooh, ah, 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 that's terrific. Now, how do you keep people from talking about it? After the, uh, the trick, you're brought down uh, into sort of a green room kind of area or underneath uh, the stage, and uh, they keep you there. And say, David Copperfield wants to come down and talk to you. He wants to say hello. He wants to thank you personally. Well, everybody wants to meet David Copperfield, right? So you stay until everybody has now left the auditorium. Oh. Is
2: this the last trick of the show? It is. Okay, so you
1: don't miss any right. of the show. It is the last trick of the show. And David Copperfield comes down and uh, then says, thank you for participating. Now, the audience is already cleared out. And he said, I have a favor to ask you, since this is magic, would you please keep this quiet? Uh, as a favor because otherwise you ruin the illusion and he sort of does the guilt trip on you. And then everybody walks out and uh, only their family members or a guest that they're with uh, are there. And of course, wait, what happened? How to it go? Well, I really can't talk about it. In the meantime, I'm buttonholing people and telling them how the trick is. <laughs> I'm stopping strangers on the sidewalk and saying, let me tell you how it works. But that's how it works. So this guy, during the running, falls down. Breaks a shoulder and he is suing Copperfield.
3: Knowing what you know, having been in that position, do you think that that's possible? Yeah, because you that don't think yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know
1: why? Because you don't know that's happening. They grab you as soon as that curtain comes down and they're shoving you and you're running quickly.
3: Got it. Uh-huh. So, does this guy have a case?
1: Yeah. When
2: they select you, obviously they're selecting you in front of the whole audience. Yeah, Do, they, random. do,
3: do they? So they
2: don't have a way of knowing whether it's somebody who can run, right. who's physically able. They don't, well, I mean,
1: they, if someone's in a wheelchair, they're not going to select them or if someone's limping. But short of that, I mean, yeah. short of something visible. Yeah.
2: Wow. Oh, I love this. You have no idea. All right, mm-hmm. let's move on. We can't talk about this for the rest of the segment. Um, Lance Armstrong has settled uh, the lawsuit against him by the U.S. Postal Service.
1: All I do is win, win, win. Five million bucks
2: he's yep. going to pay, although they were looking for up to 100 million, so he may
1: Settle have gotten off five. easy. Settle for five. This guy has more money than you could imagine. Five million dollars is not a lot of money for him.
2: He's already paid over $20 million in other yep. lawsuits and stuff. He lost all his major sponsors, but apparently he invested very wisely and, and has a lot of money.
1: And owns a pair of bicycle shops, uh, an events company, uh, regularly podcasts. Uh, he uh, he makes a lot of money. Oh, yeah.
2: So this is the Postal Service suing because all the money they spent sponsoring the bicycling team. And then, of course, it turns out he was a doper.
3: Yeah. Well, and like you said, $5 million is kind of meh to Lance Armstrong. A billion dollars is kind of meh to Wells Fargo.
4: I don't
1: know if it's kind of meh. I think a billion dollars they can feel. They I mean, it's not going to break them, but it's a nice hit.
3: Well, apparently, they're, they're his, Wells Fargo sets aside money for stuff like this to come up. And even though just last Friday it reported a 6 I think it was a 6% gain um, when the, the bank profits came out, they still said a billion dollars, according to most analysts, is still not really that much in the big it's, scheme of things to Wells Fargo. I mean, it's not. I don't know how. how do peanuts, they, uh, but right, and I'm, it's a hit. Yeah. but
1: you're right. It's not going to break them. Uh, a bad quarter is going to cost them more than a billion dollars. Yeah, exactly. And uh, who go? I don't understand how people still bank with Wells Fargo. I, I do. I, I know. I, it's I, awful. Uh, why, what are you doing? It's the chance of uh, you getting ripped off used to be very good. I mean, these guys are slime balls.
3: I know. It, it's it's they're lazy. slimier. It's completely they're slimeier than James Comey. I know. But my. Everything's with them. All my accounts are with them. My what? freaking mortgage is with them. All right, Changing here. all of that would just be a pain in the butt. So it's lazy. I'm, that's it. All bottom right. line.
1: All right. Coming up, gay conversion therapy. Uh, if you practice gayosity, they're going to convert you. There's therapy to ungay you. And I'm going to share that with you coming right up. And we're talking about law now. KFIAM six forty. Here on a Friday morning, April the twentieth, four twenty, Marijuana Day. Some of the stories that we are covering. Uh, oh, uh, what does Southwest do for all the passengers that were on that airplane? Five thousand bucks apiece, and a thousand dollars travel voucher, and a promise: the next flight on Southwest, the engine won't blow up. Today, nineteenth, nineteenth uh, anniversary of Columbine. And uh, later on, uh, we'll talk to John Thomas uh, about McCabe and uh, President Trump's second term. What? His second term. All right. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, uh, gay conversion therapy. Uh, This is pretty sick stuff. Uh, This is uh, generally practiced by very religious folks, uh, generally those of uh, the Christian persuasion, who believe that if you are gay, there is something morally wrong with you. It's just that simple. It's against God's will to be gay. So they have to un-gay you. And they do it via something called gay conversion therapy. That's one of the ways they do it. And this one is so controversial that in California, uh, there is a bill that was passed Thursday by the Assembly uh, that makes it illegal. Now, the argument that it is legal is a First Amendment religious issue. We are here and simply practicing our First Amendment uh, right to religion, freedom of religion, uh, rights under the Constitution. Because if we believe that uh, there is something morally wrong on being gay, and that's based on our biblical belief, which I buy, by the way. uh, I think they're very sincere, as nuts as they are. uh, Then when we deal with people who are gay in our community, in such a way as to ungay them, that is a religious exercise. Well, here is the problem, and that is the legislature looks at this as simply a fraudulent transaction, a fraudulent uh, advertising, because they are selling a therapy. It's a medical process, it's therapy. Therapy is recognized. Under the law, as a medical procedure. And there ain't nothing medical about gay conversion therapy. Every study has shown that not only does it do nothing in terms of making people ungay, it actually harms people. Depression, suicide, or more likely to commit suicide, especially among young people. Because the premise is not only is it wrong to be gay there's something physically wrong, but whatever religion you practice, in this case it's Christianity, naturally, what you're doing is doing something against God's will. And people are hardwired to be gay. What do you think, it's a choice? Well, yeah, you ask people and it is a choice. Ask any gay person if they would choose to be gay. Of course we would. We love the discrimination. We love, particularly years ago, we love people looking at us. We love the fact that so many people think we're perverts and sodomites. Let's choose that. The point is, I mean, there may be some people out there that choose being uh, gay. I've never met any. And I have uh, a lot of gay friends. Actually, I have no friends. But uh, I have a lot of gay acquaintances. And uh, not one of them has ever told me that they knew at a very early age. How do you decide at six or seven that you are gay? How do you make that choice? And you have uh, little boys who wanted to play with dolls, wanted to dress up, wanted to put makeup on, many girly things. And the same thing on the other side, where you have young girls that just seem to gravitate to doing things that boys do. And that's just, that's what, they're hardwired. So uh, the assemblyman who put this through, uh, Evan Lowe, uh, Evan Lowe, who's gay, uh, leads the legislature's LGBT caucus, uh, talked about this law stops people from defrauding folks, advertising or selling the therapy. Now, there were several lawmakers that voiced concern. I talked about uh, inhibiting freedom of religion by preventing discussions of sexual orientation change. You can do that all day long. You can have all kinds of discussions. What you can't do is advertise it as a medical process in which we change something that's inherently wrong with you and bring you back to straightness. And that's the problem. Uh, Assemblywoman Susan Talamantes, Eggman, who has a Democrat out of Stockton, says you can still try to pray the gay away if you like, but that hasn't proved to be effective anyway. And to advertise, you can change someone's orientation by praying, by simply that. That is fraudulent on its face. It's like cancer cures. You can't do that because there's no such thing as supplemental cancer cures. You eat peach pits, and we're going to cure your cancer. You go to jail for doing that if you claim to be a medical practitioner. And that's the problem here. And it is, so they're doing it under basically the business and professions code that you can't fraudulently say that this is going to cure your uh, your homosexuality. I mean, just the concept is so ridiculous and so offensive and, and not recognizing uh, how what human behavior is about because of uh, this re- this religious belief? I mean, I, t- I truly don't understand it. They might as well say if you are born with a physical defect, if you're born, for example, with one leg, there's something inherently wrong with you, and God only wants perfect human beings. And let's talk about how there's something wrong with you morally. I mean, it's, it's the same to me. So I can't be more thrilled about this bill. Now, there's already been a bill uh, passed uh, back in 2012 that uh, you, here in California, uh, anybody is prohibited from performing conversion therapy on minors. And there's a reason for that, because the studies have been shown that Minors particularly are affected negatively by this gay conversion therapy. Far more guilt. There's something wrong with me. I've got to do something about this. Somehow I'm I'm morally corrupt because I'm gay. So now that's going across the board. My God. Just drives me. You might as well go peach pits. That'll cure your gayness. Wow. All right. Coming up. The weed bank proposal. Uh, why do we need a weed bank? I'm talking about money bank. And I'll explain that to you. And right after the uh, break, a chance to win $1,000 brought to you by Cunning Dental. If you have wisdom teeth problem, uh, then call Cunning Dental for a free exam 888 640 Smile. All right, Jennifer. Come on and me. It's uh, April 20th, 420. And I'm going to, a little bit later on, uh, at 820, share with you how 420 came into being. It's actually a hell of a story. But first, here's your chance to win some cash.
0: Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to 200-200.
2: If you win, they'll call you from a number you don't recognize. Answer it or you're out of luck. Angela in San Clemente did, and she won $1,000. Your next chance to win is next hour. You have a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m.
1: All right. Uh, Some of the top stories that we are covering. Southwest has written a $5,000 check to everybody on that airplane, hoping that they uh, won't sue Southwest. A few of them had to be buttonholed on their way to the lawyer's office when the $5,000 check was issued. And then today, 19th anniversary of Columbine. All right. I want to share with you uh, a story about um, uh, this uh, Lindsey Robinson, who is the executive director of uh, the California Cannabis Industry Association. Uh, like uh, the American Medical Association, like uh, the American Pharmaceutical Association's lobbying group. It's the main group that all the cannabis growers and distributors now belong to. All right. One member of the group has a tax bill due next month to the state franchise tax board. And it's an $800,000 tax bill. And she is going to pay it in cash. She is showing up to the office of uh, the tax board with a duffel bag full of cash and say, here are my taxes. Now, why would you have to do that? I mean, these are business people. Well, because the only way you can purchase marijuana in this state, which are, if marijuana is legal, is uh, by cash. You can't do it by credit card because uh, the credit card companies are attached to major banks And major banks are controlled by the federal government, and under uh, the federal law, marijuana is illegal, so they would be engaged in an illegal act. That is uh, funding an act which is against federal law, in violation of federal law. Same thing with checks. You can't write a check because banks are controlled by the FDIC. Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation and the banks have to run under the rules of the federal government. And since it is illegal under federal law to even use, but certainly to sell marijuana, uh, checks are out of the window. They're gone. So it has to be in cash. State officials are estimating this is just the state. They're going to collect $600 million in cannabis taxes uh, coming up next year. And every dime of it is a cash transaction, which makes zero sense. So, Senator Bob Hertzberg uh, out of Van Nuys, Democrat, introduced a bill uh, based on the fact that the president's policy shift makes it more likely that state chartered banks could be used by the cannabis industry. Therefore, there's a bill in the works that says state chartered banks will be allowed to deal with cannabis sales. And there'll actually be real checks going through. And if credit cards are then issued by those banks, which of course is going to happen, then you can pay for your grass with a credit card. Hmm, $600 million next year. And it is estimated that uh, uh, by uh, 2020, the market itself is going to grow to $7 billion annually. And how much are the taxes on $7 billion worth of sales? I think the taxes are pretty high. Aren't they almost 50%? Of, uh, no, 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 the taxes on marijuana. It's been a while since I bought marijuana. Uh, As a matter of fact, a lot of years. And they didn't, it wasn't taxed back then. And so, I mean, the taxes are way more than 10%, 20, 25%. So we're talking about a pile of money going into the state coffers. Maybe a billion dollars. I mean, that's no small amount of money. And so right now, it's all cash. Now, uh, you think it's a little dangerous For uh, people, for example, to leave their store with $250,000 in cash and they have to put it under a mattress because they can't put it in a bank. I mean, that's how crazy this is. Now, the reason this actually is starting to move, um, uh, you have the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, who said that the government, federal government, was going to go and really attack Marijuana dispensaries and growing operations, even if they are legal under state law. And, of course, uh, Trump was okay. Actually, Trump didn't even make the decision because uh, I think he leaves a lot of decision making uh, to his cabinet heads. And there was uh, there is a legislator out of Colorado, a Republican. Looking at the amount of tax that Colorado was uh, garnering from the sales of marijuana, he sat down with the president. And said, you can't do this to us. You cannot screw over an industry, especially when it's legal in the state. And Trump bought it. He said, yeah, makes sense to me. And he reversed Jeff Sessions' order. Now, the law has not changed. But the feds are going back to the Obama-era policy where if it's legal in the state, we leave it alone. We just leave it alone. And my guess is, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm just speculating, if the government were to issue a directive saying that uh, we are not going to go after any bank that in fact does business in a state where uh, marijuana sales and uh, cultivation is legal, would they they change it? No, I don't think so. I think it's going to take Congress to change the law, taking marijuana out of a Schedule I drug. By the way, same as heroin. Can you imagine? Heroin and marijuana are in the same category. Same as cocaine, which, by the way, is pretty good. I, when I was uh, sick in the hospital, I was doing a lot of opiates. Oh, horrible. Got very nauseous. And uh, my doctors weren't particularly frightened that I would become a dependent. However, my doctor said, cocaine? That's a different issue. It's all illegal. Crazy. All right, coming up, uh, Andrew Molenbeek, Uh, Lake Forest, there's a homeless proposal. And I want to talk to Andrew and come up with a very deep thought that I wanted to share with you. Musings by Handle, And I think you're going to be very impressed with this. Wow, that's deep, Bill. Very deep. Hmm. We'll be back. KFI AM 640, Jennifer Jones. Lee. And this is uh, KFI Handle here on a uh, Friday, April 20th, 420. And then uh, a little later on at 820, I'll tell you the origins of 420. How did 420 become marijuana day? It's a great story. And uh, today, 19th anniversary of Columbine. So there's uh, obviously a lot going on today. All right. As I uh, said to you just before the break, I wanted to share with you some deep thoughts, musings from Handle. Occasionally, I come up with these and i want to share them with you and unfortunately you normally think they're kinda of stupid and that is very distressing for me So, here we go this is a story that andrew mollenbeck is going to share with us and this happens to be one of the proposals is the city of lake forest hmm. lake forest not a lake not a forest very strange so andrew what is the latest yeah, you had me with that one there oh. uh, bill good morning hey
5: tell me excuse me
1: not true uh, uh that is true thank that you is true
5: it is not a lake and it's uh, not yeah. a forest uh, it's near a forest but uh it is not a forest all right
1: i rest so my we case. got that
5: settled excellent
1: Let, let's actually move on and do the story what do you
5: think Uh, This is about a proposed homeless shelter. Now, of course, this has been a debate uh, for a long time now in Orange County where they're going to come up with space for hundreds of beds. And what happened yesterday was 14 South Orange County city leaders got together because they were supposed to kind of huddle and come up with an idea where they're going to put shelter beds. And according to the federal judge, who's still overseeing this case, the idea was that they would come up with a bunch of sites and probably 10, 15, 20 beds. and share that throughout the county. Well, they all got together and that's the opposite of what came out of this meeting yesterday. Instead, they came up with one site. It's near Lake Forest. It's actually in the unincorporated area of Silverado. And the proposal right now is that the library of the canyons, that's a working library, would have between 200 and 400 beds. Uh, This is on Santiago Canyon Road, and there is a preschool kind of right across the street from there.
1: Great. And and certainly, I'm assuming they're talking about putting the beds between the shelves,
5: right there in the aisles. Well, it's not far from that. I know you were kind of uh, joking there, but I was talking with the mayor of Lake Forest yesterday and after this meeting, and he said it's his understanding that the library would actually close and that they might actually put up beds right there in the library. I guess another idea would be to... Uh, put up a tent outside. This is all very preliminary stuff, but what came out of this was, I think, a surprise to a lot of people, and particularly the mayor of Lake Forest, uh, because many went into this meeting thinking that they were going to have a bunch of small sites and instead. Two to 400 beds at the library of the canyons. Now you'll remember it was just about a month ago that the county supervisors decided uh, they were going to put the shelter in Irvine next to Great Park. And in less than a week, that whole idea was scratched because, essentially, there was a revolt from people down in Irvine who wanted no part of that. Uh, Well, then they all kind of went back to the drawing table, got everybody together from South Orange County and said, all right, let's come up with a new plan. And this latest plan is near Lake Forest, and it's uh, actually in the unincorporated area of Silverado.
1: Now, uh, I want to throw a couple of things at you because that is – this is the underlying problem of this entire situation, and that is – where do you put these shelters so people don't scream and bitch and moan? For example, you're saying across the street from this proposed shelter of two to three hundred beds or two to four hundred beds is a preschool. Right. How near any neighborhoods does this library?
5: Uh, ooh, I, I don't know how many miles. The closest area, it's near Tustin, it's near Lake Forest, kind of over the hill from those. It is a fairly middle of nowhere place. Okay, what, so what they were calling yesterday, so it is out of the way from right, so a helps. lot of the developed areas. So, yeah.
1: so we're only talking about the people that are involved with that pre uh, that preschool, the daycare center. They're the only ones going to going to be affected by homeless people fifty yards down the road. Do I have that right?
5: Uh, yeah, I would also say San Diego Canyon Road itself, which is a very busy road in Orange County, and that was another concern is that. There's a high speed, lots of winding uh, areas of that road. And and the concern was, well, if we've got hundreds of people right next to that road, is there going to be a a danger there? But again, I don't know if this thing will ever happen. Uh, This would need approval from the board, but it just came out yesterday. And I think that's what has surprised so many people. The other thing that I would point out about this, any shelter, whether it's near Lake Forest or anywhere else in Orange County, there's no guarantee that anybody would even, certainly not hundreds of people, would ever live in these shelters. Basically, the federal judge, again, who's overseeing this case, says you need to have emergency beds available if someone wants to go there to be able to enforce anti camping laws or loitering, you know, putting up tents on sidewalks. So there's never a guarantee that anybody would use these facilities. The judge has basically just said you need to have them available. And at the moment, the site is in Silverado.
1: So obviously, this is very short term. Even if uh, the beds are filled, because the the end uh, process of this, uh, what, uh, what both government and most people want is, and not pay for it, of course, is uh, permanent housing for uh, the homeless. And uh, I think you make a very good point, and that is just simply because the beds are available. There are a lot of mentally ill people. I figure the, I think the estimate is thirty percent of the homeless have serious mental issues. Uh, they're not interested in going to a shelter, not interested in uh, having people tell them what to do and move out of the way, that sort of thing. So uh,
5: is this and, gonna- and they can't be forced to go. And, and that's one of the things that this federal judge has said repeatedly, is that if somebody doesn't want to go, well, that's on them. And, you know, they could be arrested for loitering or camping in that case. But you just have to provide a bed. If somebody wants shelter, that has to be available. And so that's what the whole scramble has been. But so far... Every site that's been proposed, whether this one, Irvine, Laguna Niguel, every one, there's been backlash, sure. or revolt, and in even yesterday, the only city leader of these 14 that got together to oppose this site was, of course, the mayor of Lake Forest, who's right next to it.
1: Right, exactly. All right, Andrew, thank you. You got it. Ben. All right, take care. Coming up, government versus God. I know that's kind of a strange concept. Well. It's government versus God, and government is winning. And I'll explain what I mean by that. KFI AM 640. I love
3: you oh, you get here.
1: Oh, yeah. KFI Handle here on a Friday, April 20th, 420, Marijuana Day. And at 820, I will tell you about the origins of 420. It's an interesting story. And another uh, well, we have John Thomas coming up at 9 o'clock, Guide to uh, Politics, and uh, Foodie Friday with uh, Neil Savedra. So we got a lot going on today. Now, uh, there is a research study that was done, in, uh, and the question was asked, government versus God, in sort of a roundabout way. And uh, here is the bottom line of this study is that the better the government services are in a specific year, the less people turn to God in terms of hope, in terms of solace. Why? And it makes sense. Think about this. Uh, You're in trouble. You have medical problems. You can't afford a doctor. You turn to God. Now, a lot of people turn to God anyway, but I'm talking about res- uh, this research that was done. And so the happier a camper you are with government services, the less you need and do turn to, uh, turn to God. Now, let me tell you about the study, because I always question studies. And, you know, I want science behind studies, because I think all the rest of it is a crock. And so, uh, you know, whenever I read something, uh, a, a medical paper where seven people were given a certain drug, I don't want to hear that. Seven people. What does hell that mean? The more, the merrier, right? So I looked at this, because the first thing I did is I'm going to question this study. I'm going to go, okay, let's talk about the number of people. Well, the researchers looked at uh, research uh, relying on stats from the World Bank, World Factbook, U.S. Census, Gallup data, and then compared the numbers they got from that and specific data about religion. That Gallup has collected from, are you ready for this, 455,000 people across 155 countries. Now we're talking some real numbers, aren't we? So it is a basic premise that the better government treats you, the less you need religion. But think about it, that makes so much sense. Because one of, and I talk about this with a lot of religious people, I don't want to mention any names, John Ramirez, but we do talk about the blind faith that occurs in many religions, that when life is just God-awful miserable for you, you're starving, you're in trouble, you have a friend, a family member who has all kinds of medical problems and there doesn't seem to be an answer. Who do you turn to? Where do you turn? you turn to faith there's no answer left for you you turn to faith. you're at the bottom of the barrel you know you you've hit the bottom. you don't have enough to eat don't have a job you know you're lonely. what do you do? you turn to God but if you have enough to eat because the government is giving you enough to eat if you have medical care, so you don't have to worry about that. If uh, you join, let's say, on a go- in a governmental program where you join social groups, where you talk to losers uh, just like you, who have uh, nothing else to gain, who are at the bottom of the heap, too. And misery loves company, doesn't it? And so how, how about that for the logic? Now, the paper's lead article, uh, lead author, had previously analyzed links between intelligence and religious beliefs. And this one is rather striking, that a lot of religious people, smart religious people, have a problem is. The more intelligent someone is, now keep in mind, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people. We're talking about real stats here. The more intelligent someone is, the less strong his or her religious beliefs tend to be. That's not to say you're not religious, you're just not as strongly religious, according to these stats. So, John, I know you are particularly religious. We've had conversations. Does that mean that John is less smart than the rest of us? I'm never going to make that statement. I will, however, John. I want to point out to this study that you may want to look at, assuming you could read the study, (laughs) assuming you understood some of the words. Coming up, why don't we talk to uh, Leo Laporte? Also, want to? Oh, and I quickly want to tell you about uh, the top trending stories. uh, That it's a big day. Columbine today. Kids are walking out of school all day today. Uh, Southwest Airlines. Uh, expressing sincere apologies for the engine blowing up. And uh, they are not only apologizing, but uh, giving everybody who's on the airplane a $5,000 check and a $1,000 travel vote voucher for the next Southwest flight, uh, which they guarantee that the plane won't blow up. John, do you understand the word guarantee? <laughs> That's when it's supposed to for sure happen, right? Not quite, but close, close. All right, coming up, Leo Laporte right here on KFI AM 640. KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here, and it's time for a Leo Laporte, uh, the tech guy segment. Uh, Leo, a story on 60 Minutes about facial recognition software and how, and we all know about facial recognition and how it's moving and then the new phones. A lot of them are coming up with facial recognition. Everybody in China, there is a database on their face. Yeah. And the Chinese, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands or millions of cameras they have at every public place, every corner, and they literally know where, who everybody is, where everybody is, and it's for 1.2 billion people. How yeah. in God's name
6: do they do that? 176 million cameras. But, you know, we're getting close to that in the U.S. And, and in the U.K. And, by the way, they want to quadruple the number of cameras in the next few years in China. And I think that, uh, well, first of all, remember China, especially now, uh, is becoming more and more repressive. It's an authoritarian regime. And this is one way to keep order. One of the things they do, they started this in Shenzhen. Apparently, jaywalking was a huge problem in Shenzhen, which is where the iPhones are made. So they started uh, putting up the faces of people who jaywalked with all of their personal information on big, giant billboards right by the j- place they jaywalked. And then that didn't do enough to stop people so now they have a, what, what they call a social credit system where if you're caught or seen doing even minor crimes like jaywalking that you'll get demotions in your social credit and if your social credit score this is straight out of sci-fi it gets low enough in china they shoot you no oh you know, I just... practically they take you out of the economic system you can't buy bus plane or train tickets you wow. can't get a home loan so in a way it's almost worse you become a non-person and this is i you know i'm not uh, I'm not there, so I don't know, but I, I'm told that this is widely accepted by the Chinese, not that they have a whole lot of choice. But there's also, remember, there's a different uh, kind of attitude here we're you know, individualists in the U.S. There's much more of a collectivist point of view in China that that society is what matters most, and order is what matters. Well, most. Well, you have so, both.
1: Yeah, you both. You have. First of all, you have uh, the Oriental uh, influence, or is it the Asian influence? I always yeah, don't say from, Oriental. Yeah, You're I always get confused. Now. <laughs> now, people, people are Oriental, and they, and uh, what rugs nope, or China, no. or Asian? Yeah. I have rugs, no idea.
6: Rugs are Oriental. Yeah, I knew it was
1: one of those. Uh, <laughs> uh, but first of all, there's the culture itself, and second of all. Uh, China has been uh, a government, a dictatorship uh, since 1949. And it's getting worse. It's going going the uh, other way. So everybody uh, under, what, 68? Uh, And even then, it was a crazy time before that, after World War II, when Chiang Kai-shek was doing his thing in Mount Sei I mean, the whole thing is nuts, of course. No one knows any different over there.
6: Yeah, and you could say that as well. And of course, uh it's, you know, it's a little bit scary. There have been, remember T- Tiananmen Square and uh, the uh the people's revolution. There have been, you know, uprisings, but the Chinese government works very hard to keep people in place. You know, you can apparently I didn't know this. There's a toilet paper theft problem in China. And they also use face recognition for that. You saw in 60 minutes they they got the guy uh, in a crowd of 60,000 yes, people. Yeah, it, was cr- it was just insane. He thought, of course,
1: he's going to disappear in a crowd of 60,000.
6: Yeah. He, he didn't. And by the way, we're headed there in the West as well. I mean, uh, uh, we've got face recognition in the West. I think we have uh, probably a, a higher regard for though so Sometimes I wonder. Yeah, the we're, UK we're, is uh, famous for this. They have cameras everywhere.
1: Yeah, I, But that's just central London.
6: Yeah, that's can a, a one go mile a step, square. right? But we've all seen like the Bourne identity, where they could follow Jason Bourne as he moved from place to place. That's where face recognition is going, and that's I think a little even scarier because it's not only recognizing you in a crowd, but it's following you if you have enough cameras up. And as I said, China wants to quadruple the number of cameras to to a huge, almost a billion. If you have enough cameras up, you can follow people as they move through town.
1: That's it's amazing. I was I was watching this piece, and we both did. I did is their level of face recognition software uh, above
6: ours is there a level of sophistication that we don't have they in general the government puts a lot of money into artificial intelligence and that includes face recognition so they have a very aggressive program in that I wouldn't say I mean they may be a little bit ahead we have pretty good people here too uh, the good news is we have kind of a human rights right. orientation so it, that I hope will prevent right. this.
1: So it's the application it, that they, uh, yeah, that they can do whatever they want. But, obviously,
6: yeah. And so, uh, yeah, and of course, the you get an advance head start if you get more information. So the more data that they have, the better they get. So in a way, they're gonna eventually get better than us if they're not already better, just because they have so many images and so much information.
1: All right, Leo, thank you. Uh, I would say great stuff. But it's, scary a little, it's a little scary stuff. Right. We'll do it again next week, uh, Leo. Uh, take care. This is KFI AM 640. I
6: smoke two joints in the morning. I two night. I two in the afternoon. It makes me feel right. Oh,
1: yeah. It's Handel and It's the Morning Crew on a Friday, April 20th. Coming up at 9 o'clock, uh, the Thomas Guide to Politics and then Neil Saavedra. Uh, food waste. How much food do we waste, among other things? So uh, we've got a lot going on. But first, first, your chance to win some cash.
0: Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200.
2: If you're the winner, they will call you from a number you don't recognize. You have to answer it or you're out of luck. Leif in Moreno Valley did, and he won $1,000. Your next chance to win is next hour. You have a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5
1: a.m. to 7 p.m. All right. Uh, today is Marijuana Day, right? 420. And people have wondered, uh, where where did you get that name, 420? Is that a little bit random? Well, it sort of is. Now, let me tell you, first of all, uh, the... At this point, the legitimacy of the word 420 or the phrase 420, the Oxford English Dictionary added 420 to its lexicon last year. It is now considered an official word or phrase, 420. And it credits five guys with creating that phrase. So, let me tell you the history of 420. All right. There are five guys who uh, almost 50 years ago, they were students at a San Francisco high school. This is 1971. And uh, this whole concept of 420, uh, one of the guys, a filmmaker and a retired CNN cameraman now, thought, actually, we thought the whole thing was a joke. 420. 420. And we still do. So here's the background. Reddick's and his four buddies were a stoner clique in high school. They were just stoned out of their mind. And uh, they hung out at a particular wall between classes at San Rafael High School. And they dubbed themselves the Waldos. And that was coined by comedian Buddy Hackett to describe just weird, odd people, the Waldos, which I'm assuming also was taken from Where's Waldo. So uh, one fall afternoon, 1971, uh, a non-Waldo classmate comes to the wall with an interesting tale and this crudely drawn map. The map was supposed to show the location of a marijuana garden in the forest nearby. And he said the pot patch belonged to his brother, a Coast Guard reservist, and explained that his brother... Uh, paranoid of exposure and washing out of the Coast Guards, was renouncing ownership. And he handed his bro the map. That's another one, the bro. And this guy said uh, to the Waldos, you're welcome to the marijuana. So they made plans to find sweet after school. Oh, my God, we have to find this. And they met, decided to meet in front of the school statue of Louis Pasteur at 420 in the afternoon, when a couple of them finished football practice. So uh, they went ahead, piled into the car, popped in a Grateful Dead 8-track, of course they did, and passed around joints as they're driving around. Well, they never found that marijuana patch, ever, but vowed to keep on surging, and they would whisper in the halls, 420, Louis Pasteur if a new attempt was planned. And then they met at 420. And he said, uh, we were probably too stoned to even understand this. But the name 420 stuck. And it's a code for let's get high at the statue after school. And then it was shortened to simply 420 instead of 420 Louie. And it meant let's get high anywhere. And then the number, like, took off. Because uh, they hooked up with the uh, Grateful Dead, and we were hanging out backstage at the uh, de- Dead concerts. And all of a sudden, started to fly around, because Grateful Dead were pretty much stoners themselves. And in the late 1980s, flyers started circulating around at uh, Dead concerts, the Grateful Dead concerts, proclaiming 420 is the password of the stoner culture. Now, I remember this, It went on to explain that 420 was the California police code for marijuana smoking in progress. It is not. It has nothing to do with smoking marijuana. I don't even know if there is a 420. But it started circulating. And uh, keep in mind that this is now absolutely legitimate. This is not urban myth. Because they actually... They, they actually preserved as much as they could the record of everything that happened because they knew they were on to something very big. Like Louis Pasteur, when uh, he discovered inoculations, vaccinations for smallpox. This is just as important. Creating the word 420. And again, I'm going to end this segment with the way I began this segment. 420 has been accepted by the Oxford English Dictionary as an official word last year and credits these guys, the Waldos, as the creators of 420. They're going down in history. How is that for a little bit of historical background? Coming up, a super segment, Handle on the News Late Edition, right here on KFI and there
0: Handle on the News. Late edition. Handle on the News.
7: Hello. Um, I was listening to the Bill Handel show. Some things that he said really upset me, and I found it to be offensive. I'm Jewish, and said in his own words, Jews don't win anything. And even if he was joking, again, I find it to be very wrong.
0: And now, here's Bill Handel.
1: Get in line, lady. You found something on this show that's offensive? Yeah, Yeah, it's true. We've been doing this for a while, offending people. Good God. All right, a couple of stories that are breaking before we get in the handle on the News Late Edition. And uh, Jennifer,
3: I'm going to throw it to you real quick because we have some big news. All right, so the Democratic Party has sued Russia, the Trump campaign, and WikiLeaks, claiming conspiracy to help the president win the 2016 election. Just a little more research on it. Apparently, the defendants named in this suit include Trump's son, Donald Trump Jr., his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, former campaign manager, Paul Manafort, campaign officials, Richard Gates and Trump ally, Roger Stone.
1: All right. So that's another lawsuit. You know, this whole thing with uh, Donald Trump, we're going to talk more about that, of course, at nine o'clock with uh, John Thomas and the Thomas Guide. And it's just it, it just gets so interesting if there is going to be uh, another president elected, well, of course, there will be at some point. But if we have a Democrat elected next time out in 2020, can you imagine how boring it's going to be relative to the Trump presidency? Let's look back at Obama and let's you know forget about the politics of it. Forget about anything else. Boring versus astoundingly entertaining and over the top. Just like it's going to be very hard for any president subsequent to this president uh, to get anybody excited. Uh, Not like this. Okay, guys, uh, let's do it. Handle on the news, late edition uh, Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Lead story
4: I got guns in my head and they
1: won't go. A story that turned out to be a fairly small story, thank goodness. A student was wounded, a suspect in custody. After a shooting this morning at a high school in, uh, is that Ocala or Ocala? Ocala, Ocala right? I think. Ocala, Florida. Students shot in the ankle and we're done. Thank goodness it ended right there.
3: Now, this all happened on the national walkout Day that marks 19 years since Columbine.
1: Yep. Students from more than 2,500 schools across the country are leaving class today. Now, is that the. They're going out for the entire day or their plan or yeah. and I and I make this point because one of the things about these school walkouts, which I hate, is that the students hurt themselves and it hurts the school district because of the money that's paid per student per day. Now, if they have taken attendance and they walk out the door, no harm, no foul, which 10 they local
2: have. time yeah. in each time zone. So right. I assume everybody's been accounted for. In the, see, that's the it. Then, the
1: then you get the credit. It's my elevator philosophy of life. Someone's running into the elevator, and you're there, and you quickly start pressing the panel, not the button, so they think you're trying to keep the door open, and you're actually letting the door close. And not only do you save yourself the hassle of that person sitting next to you in an elevator, but you get the credit for actually trying to help them. It's a win-win also, you must
2: travel in some fancy elevators yeah. if you're all sitting down in there.
1: Yeah, that's my elevator.
2: Huh? That's my elevator. You ele- said sit the... the. Oh, yeah. Okay. But do you
1: actually do that? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have any doubt that he does that? Oh, no, I don't yes. even know why
3: I asked that question. Oh,
1: yes. It's my elevator philosophy of life. Screw them over, but get the credit for doing good. <laughs> or just do the good. Oh, God, no. Come on. <laughs> Deputy Attorney General Rod
2: Rosenstein apparently told President Trump a week ago that Trump is not a target of the Michael Cohen investigation.
0: But that's not me.
1: Yeah, I was wondering last week uh, why they bet, or it was earlier this week, that uh, Rosenstein had a private meeting with Trump at the White House. I mean, Trump can call for a meeting, of course. He's the president. But uh, I was just wondering what that's about. And uh, according to this story from ABC... Uh, Rod, uh, uh, Rod Rosenstein uh, actually volunteered that information. At least that's what we're getting from the Trump people at the White House.
2: Yeah, he brought it up without it being asked. So that's,
3: that still doesn't answer your question, why did they have the meeting there? Right. Interesting. Why would he tell him that without Trump asking? Why would you just randomly go? To say, hey, hey by don't the way. go ballistic and, and don't
2: fire Mueller because this isn't about you. Right. At this point,
1: it's not about you.
3: Well, South Korea's president says North Korea does appear serious about denuclearization, even if U.S. troops stay there.
1: That's a great song, incidentally.
3: So Just to it's let so
6: you
1: know. No, it's wonderful. Now, uh, it's this is a bunch of interesting stuff going on. Uh, first of all, 28,000 American troops mean nothing in terms of... Uh, protecting North, South Korea as against 2 million North Koreans if they decide to cross the border. So that doesn't do much. It's more of a symbolic uh, issue. But uh, the the denuclearization, it smells like, and I don't know if this is Kim Jong-un just playing politics or just playing with us in general because he's really good about manipulating. It smells like he is considering giving up the nukes to join the world nation, the the world, uh, the nations of the world. And there are plenty of countries that do just great without nukes. And at some point, maybe realizes that all of his posturing uh, was obviously for public consumption and maybe thinks that the public consumption isn't as important as actually putting North Korea into a real economy. Because right now, it's not a real economy. It's just what the Chinese give it and whatever uh, Kim Jong-un can print fake money or take all of the money with the uh, illegal black market stuff that they produce.
2: If he does this and he also kind of opens up the way the government there serves the people, so instead of two tablespoons of rice a day, he comes out one day and he says, I negotiated with everybody and now everybody's getting four tablespoons of rice, he, he might be changing his tactic to cement – His legendary status amongst the people of North
1: Korea. He could. Wow.
2: A guy down in Irvine has been charged with some hate crimes. He had uh, a few things in his house, including a kill list for local Jews.
7: And everybody hates the Jews.
2: Well, he did. Nicholas Wesley Rose, 26. He had some ammunition. He had kill lists of prominent Jewish people down there. And he also apparently had... A, a a thing called Killing My First Jew with a series of steps, I guess, on how to do it. Hot? What? That's difficult? 20, a Maybe 22 caliber well, a gun? Well, you know what? He might not be as clever as he thinks. First of all, he told people in his family about it, was... and they called the police immediately. And the other thing is that he had some papers there. And the papers mention Beth Jacob Congregation, but they also mention St Barbara Russian Orthodox Church and St Paul's Greek Orthodox Church. So he may not know what a Jew
1: is. Yeah, he may not. Maybe he just figures anybody who has a beard is uh because you have the orthodox, you have the orthodox Jews, uh, the Greek Orthodox, ZZ Top. I mean, all of them have these long beards.
3: Well, there's a narcotics detective. He was an LA County Sheriff's deputy. And he's been accused of being part of a drug trafficking operation. But a judge has decided, nah, he can't be fired.
1: This is driving Sheriff Jim McDonald crazy. Oh, I can imagine. He wants these guys out. And uh, here is a sheriff's uh, deputy uh, that uh, they caught. Uh, being involved with drug trafficking organizations and cultivating marijuana, and dis- they have him on a wiretap, discussing drug payments. And he's on administrative leave. He gets fired. He goes to the civil service commission. Said, "How is that possible that he that they reinstated his job?" Because the appeals court panel this week said. That the law does not allow the department to use evidence gathered from a wiretap in a disciplinary proceeding. Therefore, the firing was illegal. Therefore, he is reinstated as a cop. Now, my guess is he's probably not going to get a, a lot of really choice assignments from now on.
2: No, the, the key to why this happened is that they never brought criminal charges against him. So if there's a gap, it's, it's why is the sheriff's department so convinced that he was involved in this stuff, but the DA was not.
1: How, how do they not bring criminal charges unless the evidence was so sketchy? Well, that's what the, the
2: guy and his lawyer are saying. This is a wild overreaction, and I didn't do anything except get a little friendly with some people, which I should do because I'm a narcotics officer. So who knows? Speaking of narcotics, uh, some California cities, including West Hollywood, right over there, want to bring Amsterdam style. I'm sorry, you know what? You know why that happened with the music? Because you thought I was cueing you for the thing, but I was just pointing to where West Hollywood was. Sorry, John. They want to bring Amsterdam style pot lounges here.
0: See, now, now I'm about, pointing you.
1: No, John is very no. religious. Uh, yes. and I talked about this earlier. That That's your are
0: pointing to North Hall. That Very religious.
1: People. Yeah, that and time I was pointing at you yeah, for the let's, cue. Let's just why don't we just move <laughs> on? He's joking.
2: Uh, anyway, they want to bring them uh, because the like law enforcement does not like the idea of people being able to go to a public uh, uh, entity and smoke
1: like a bar. You can't but, go to a bar and
2: drink, right? You can. That's what the proponents are saying. Sure. And also they're saying revenue from tourists. If you come to Southern California, you cannot. You can buy weed. You can't smoke it in public. And you pretty much can't smoke it in any motel or hotel because they have complete no smoking bans. So where do you smoke it? They want to make these places. And that makes for sense.
1: Tourists. Amsterdam. If you look at the number of tourists that go into those the coffee shops, that's what it, the coffee shops in Amsterdam are actually uh, marijuana lounges. What you they ever, call them. Looking, have you ever gone to one? Oh yeah. And you look at coffee shop, not to smoke, just to, uh, to grab a latte. Coffee. Uh, no, actually, sorry, no. They don't sell lattes. They sell Yeah. Oh, that's very funny. Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, you have to go in. I mean, I don't smoke. Uh, it's, it's no big deal. It's not as if it's a value judgment. If I smoked, I'd be telling you all day long that I smoke. But it was, I mean, how do you go to Amsterdam without going into a, quote, coffee shop? Like, how do you go into Amsterdam without going to the red light district? Oh. Yeah, you have to. Question,
2: maybe it's a dumb question, do they also have actual coffee in these places? I don't
1: remember because I saw, you couldn't even, you literally could not see two feet. It was so (laughs) smoky. It was so smoky. Oh my goodness.
3: Well, this is Shady. Japanese authorities are looking into whether three Vietnamese trainees may have been tricked into working in areas that were affected by the Fukushima nuclear disaster.
0: You're as easy as a nuclear war.
3: So these guys show up in Japan in 2015. They're supposed to be on this technical intern training program as trainees for this construction company. But it looks like these guys might have been fooled into working In the area where there was radioactive cleanup in the Fukushima nuclear disaster. As part
1: of a technical intern training program in construction. And that's it. Awful. Well, yeah, look at the ad, though. Look at the ad. Would you like to be a nightlight? Now, Uh. that should warn somebody. If I could ever force you, Bill, to
2: do something. Yes. if, if, If the Lord came down and said you can force Bill Handel to do one thing it would be this. It's called forest bathing. The
3: flower said I wish I was a tree. The and tree what
2: you do is I you go to a forest and you walk through it very slowly, it very slowly to soak in the wonders of the forest. And there's a guy up in Sonoma County, Amos Clifford, who for 50 bucks will guide you in forest bathing, or if, Bill, you'd like to learn to guide other people, you can take a class from him for $3,400. $3,400 to learn, to to be learn a how guided. to walk through, walk through a forest. A forest. No, 3400 to learn how to help other people walk through. Right. Only $50 I'll tell you if you want to walk I'll
1: through. I'll tell you why I couldn't do it, because anybody following me would be smelling the vomit. <laughs> and then because later during, up the, so much. during the
2: walk, you find a tree
1: to talk to. Of course you do. Oh, my God. Of course oh. you do. And you do this without drugs. Right. That's the part that it made me. Now, I've had my share. I have talked to trees before. And as a matter of fact, they've talked back to me before. Oh, back in the day. But there was some serious LSD going on at that moment.
3: You know what makes me angry about these kinds of stories is that I didn't think of this. This yeah. guy is making money off of dumb people. Well, you don't know how many you're paying 3400
1: Maybe. Uh. And is, it, is, that, is that an individual class? Or is that a class only 10 people are allowed?
2: So it's
3: like $34,000 a pot. Maybe. Well, if you don't want to be a, what what were they called? Forest bather. Yeah. Maybe you would like to be a space botanist. Space botanist is a robotic instrument that was developed by a team of scientists at NASA's JPL that will measure the temperature of plants from space, and that might tell us when the next drought will happen.
1: Yeah, it's interesting technology. I mean, they come up with this stuff, uh, you know, these scientific missions all the time. So if you're looking to see if there, I guess, is going to be a next drought, who are you going to call? JPL JPL Busters? No, Space Oh, Space Botanist. Got it. Yeah, it almost worked. All right.
2: (laughs) Uh, Postal worker in New York City's been arrested after they found about 17,000 pieces of undelivered mail in his car.
1: Yeah, he said he was Uh, overwhelmed. Yeah, overwhelmed by the amount of mail. However, he said uh, he did let through and he did deliver the important mail because he also has x-ray vision. And can see through envelopes. Well, maybe I guess. he just
2: didn't deliver like those circulars maybe. that come once yeah. a week. The stuff that was obviously junk. Yeah, mail.
1: The, the stuff that I hate. Uh, I just can't stand that stuff. And uh, I just want to get off these lists. And you can't get off you lists. You can't get off. Yeah. That's the
2: problem. He had undelivered mail as far back as 2005. Oh, my hmm.
3: Okay. I'm reading this headline straight because whoever wrote this, pretty good. It, at UC Berkeley, a squirrel ran for student senate and won. Driving some people nuts.
0: We are together nuts.
3: But people The candidate?
2: A squirrel named Furry Boy. <laughs> Furry Boy. Spelled B-O-Y. B-O-Y, yeah. So you know he's cool. Uh, it was really a, a sophomore named Stephen Boyle who went around in a squirrel outfit. And you see, you see these kind of jokey campaigns at the university level Except he won. a lot
1: yeah he won he won and i love his uh he won with uh this platform safe spaces for squirrels Squirrel. better access to acorns and support group for those experiencing habit loss Squirrel, and he won i love it and uh other people on uh, the student council uh, are screaming saying this is serious stuff berkeley they take their uh, their student involvement very seriously. Berkeley does. Oh, the student newspaper God. called
2: it a travesty. Travesty that he was elected. We had a guy when I was in college. There were two guys. This is true. One guy's name was Bart French, and the other guy's name was John Tickle. And they ran together as French Tickle. And they're mad uh, about furry. They boy? did not win though, because their campaign poster was them pointing at a toilet, and it said "Student government went that away." Right. Would work for me. Yeah. Oh, you would vote yeah. for them. Oh, in a heartbeat. Senator Tammy Duckworth has made history. She voted on the Senate floor with her new baby.
1: They had just one day changed. After she got or, the permission right, to do right one day. Well, obviously, they passed uh, uh, that uh, Senate rule allowing newborns or infants to go onto the floor, which they had not since literally the inception of the U.S. Senate. And uh, there she is. And there was no controversy. Nobody fought against it. Nobody came no, out against how could it. And they? It was fine. All right, here's Good some girl. controversy.
2: Jen. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
3: Handle, you are not my best friend. No. My best friend is a warm-hearted person. I love this. To love. Little 4-year-old in Massachusetts yep. is told that she is not allowed to say so and so is my best buddy. I know. Because that might exclude other kids and make them feel like Yeah. They're not, you know, they're, they're outside the clique. Or... Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God.
1: It's another form of political correctness. I, I've, I've shared the story when my uh, daughters, eight years old maybe, and they're a, a school buddy of theirs, uh, had a birthday party, and they went to a bowling alley, and everybody got a trophy, world's best bowler, right? And when we got home, I told the girls, not only are you not the world's best bowlers, The two of you suck at bowling. I just want to give you a reality check here, okay? Political correctness. You can't have a best bud. There are no BFFs anymore anywhere in life. Well, it leads to uh, cliques.
2: That's what they say at this school. We should break now because, man, I, I don't know if John Thomas is ready to try to deal with this crazy lawsuit from the Democratic Party. Oh,
1: and there's so much. Everybody for
2: supposedly McCabe tampering issue, with the election. the memo, man. the
1: memo is out. Uh, we're talking about uh, the Comey oh, the memo Comey memos. And, what, and what Comey had to say. I mean, there is a lot going on, and John Thomas will join us in a moment. And then Foodie Friday coming up uh, with, uh, well, I just love it, and every— uh, Every time Neil comes aboard, we have some great stuff to talk about. KFI AM 640.
0: Time for the Thomas Guide to all things political. John Thomas on the Bill Handel Show. Sue! Sue! That's right, I'm going to
1: sue you! Uh. All right, Handel here. It's a Friday, uh, April the 20th, 420 and uh, here we are oh john thomas having walked in smoking a joint i oh, heard oh. you had
4: the munchies bill so uh, i brought you a few things oh
1: thank you it's uh, your pumpkin bread yeah we love uh, so much greatest pumpkin pumpkin bread out there pumpkin bread all right <laughs> uh before we get into the thomas guy john thomas would you like to read our mandatory adam tickets is that how i buy my
4: segment yes okay. it's free movie friday wow. with adam tickets it's back they're giving you a chance to win free movie tickets, Bill. You want to text them now. Text the word reporter to Adam1. That's A-T-O-M-1 for your chance to win. Adam tickets is a great app. You can get your concessions. If you're running late, you can order ahead of time. Standard data and text messaging rates apply. Do it now.
1: Good for you. Is that getting you, better? You're getting very, very good at this. Right. Thank you. And uh, you walked in uh, coat and tie, which you sometimes do. So uh, you just had a CNN hit. hmm was there uh yeah. yeah they love you 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 are the resident uh, uh Republican I' I'm the village idiot,
4: I'm the village idiot I'm the punching bag uh but yeah I, I I like the president and they don't have any of those people that are willing to come on the network Right.
1: I heard from I, I haven't shared this with you but I heard from a friend of mine who is really in the nose very connected uh said uh, he told me yesterday that CNN really likes you Oh wow. Yeah. No, no, you're you're well, liked amongst flattered. you're liked amongst the halls of CNN.
4: Oh, maybe I'm just that useful idiot. Uh, you, you know? could
1: be. <laughs> I don't know. All but. right. So, I want to start with and I know we have a lot to talk about the president and Mueller and we have uh, the memo that was released, uh, James Comey memo. However, uh we talked about this last night. This is an exclusive here to our show because John is of course tied in. In a big, big way. So this has to do with the governor's race.
4: Yeah, here's the deal. Um, if John Cox is listening, he'll like this segment. Uh, I got access to a, a poll that uh, will actually just came out today. Uh, it's a it's a poll done by a, a pollster I highly respect, uh, and and I know their method uh, methodology is sound, so I can trust the results. They tested the governor's race. Uh, get, Gavin Newsom is at twenty three twenty four as has been widely known, so Gavin Newsom's going and to and this is twenty three twenty four meaning what uh twenty three twenty four percent of the vote this is models the election if it were to happen today uh Gavin is well positioned that's his floor, what we call those are voters who'll be with him even if he didn't send one cent of paid communication, so he's going to go to a runoff uh he'll continue to grow Gavin may get in the I don't know about the modeled, uh, informed ballot, but my guess is he'll get in the high 30s, something like that. He's going to a runoff. Uh, Now, the question has been, is it two Democrats in a runoff or is it a Democrat and a Republican? Uh, This survey had John Cox in a second-place finish at 16 percent. And Antonio Viragosa, who was was in some polls within the margin of error uh, or sometimes even ahead of John Cox – uh, has Antonio Viragosa at 6% of the vote. There is such a disparity in the spread between Cox's, uh, Cox's 16 17% and Viragosa's 6 that that's too h- steep of a hill for Antonio to ever get out of, to ever get into the second place. So I'm willing to make the declaration that as long as John Cox does some level of communication, which I think he will, he can self-fund, John Cox will be the Republican nominee for governor. It will be a Republican and a Democrat.
1: Which, of course, means a Democrats going to win simply because – well, not necessarily. We've had Republican governors before. It has
4: has happened. It's an incredibly steep hill to climb. You would need a tectonic shift in uh, whatever the top issue is as to voters um, going – to have essentially Democrats revolt against their own. That's what you would need. What this means with having a Republican and a Democrat in the governor's race is simply that it's actually it's good for Republican candidates. And I think it has national implications because in some of these tight races, these House races, uh, like the 39th in Orange County, um, the, the that's the the former Rice seat, the former ISA seat, these are seats that are top two, top three races nationally. They're being targeted by Democrats to flip from red to blue. There is no path, I've said it before, there's no path for the Democrats to flip the House without going right through Orange County and flipping those seats. Just simply having a Republican's name at the top of the ticket for governor will likely increase turnout by two to three points on the Republican side. And that two to three point will help the entire ballot down ticket, which may just save those Orange County seats. Wow. And save the House.
1: Now, last night we talked about this. Uh, I was on the phone with John, and, uh, and you told me that Ragosa is basically done. There's-
4: even, even though Villaraigosa is getting a lot of independent expenditure money, it won't be enough.
0: Oh,
1: I saw an ad last night. Yeah. I was watching TV, and there was an ad for Villaraigosa for a governor. It won't be enough. Now, as I was talking to John last night, I said I have to share this with Marjorie because, of course, Marjorie is uh, not the biggest fan of Ragosa. And so as I hung up, we were in the kitchen. I was at the kitchen table. And Marjorie said, uh, are you going to share? And I said, yes. And I shared the information that Via Ragosa is done. Now, for those of you that know Marjorie, she is the calmest. She is the <laughs> yes. sweetest yes. person who has never had a bad word to say about anybody on this planet. As soon as I told her Villa Ragosa is out... She gave me the fist bump with the loudest scream. <laughs> yes! I have ever heard her do in 31 that. years that I've known that woman.
4: <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, Marjorie she, even had that in her. She hates
1: Ragosa with a passion. Oh,
4: wow. Well, I'm glad I got to little, deliver that news. Now, the, the caveat is Cox has to do some messaging just to re- wink and nod. But he has a lot of money, doesn't he? But he. he, he we're not talking 20000000 bucks. million. We're talking a few million bucks. If he spends a couple million more, which I think, from what I understand, he had every intention of doing anyway.
1: We're talking about his own
4: check. His own check. It's not like he has to go raise this. But money. how
1: does what does the RNC do with this? Does it matter uh, if you have a Republican governor? Because nationally, that doesn't mean a lot, I does mean, it?
4: The, the, the problem is there's a lot of other places that are demanding the Republican Party's money nationally. And so I would be surprised if they came in with any money in California. Uh, so... Cox has a tough run next round. There's no question about it. But it it was an accomplishment. Simple I mean, look, we've all been wondering could Antonio sneak into this top two, and there's just there's no path. Voters have started to coalesce around Cox, and uh, and that and that's that. So I can take the guesswork out of it for you. There's going to be that's going to be the c- topic of conversation for the next, you know forty days or whatever. It's right. gonna be as is it two dems, is it two dems? Right. It ain't gonna be
1: two. Okay, so now it's the Republican and the Democrat. It'll be Cox and it'll be Gavin Newsom. Uh at this point, can you guess or is it wide open who's gonna be the next governor?
4: I would say the heavy favorite is Gavin Newsom. But you know, camp this is why campaigns matter which is
1: which is very tough for us in California, I must point out, which is why I want uh John Cox to win this thing. And the reason is the last thing we need is a liberal assembly, a liberal Senate, and a liberal governor.
4: You've got no checks and balances.
1: None whatsoever. And as screwed as we are in this state with entitlement programs and taxes – we're going to be on a whole new level. You know what we're going to do? We're going to move to Yemen because it's going to be a nicer place to live yeah. than here in California. Well, well, the
4: challenge you got is 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 going to be simply using his position as governor position for president. Yeah. And spending all of our money. And we're going to be praying Jerry Brown could come back. I know. Which is
1: amazing. Well, we are. All right. We're going to come back, uh, talk a little bit about Donald Trump, uh, Comey, what's happened. Uh, they're talking about Trump running again. I, He's, he's in for a year and change, and now we're talking about the next election. Also, after the break, your chance to win $1,000, brought to you by Cunning Dental. So what
0: we smoke weed, we're just having fun. We don't care who sees.
1: so what we go out. All right, Handle here and uh, the morning crew. Uh, first of all, let's start with your chance to win some money.
0: Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bank to 200 You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to 200
2: If you win, they'll call you from a number you don't recognize. Answer it or you're out of luck. Angela in San Clemente did, and she won $1,000. Your next chance to win is next hour. You have a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m.
1: All right, back we go. John Thomas, the Thomas Guide on all social media. And uh, just broke some news. uh, Villaragosa is it's over. Poll just came out, uh, a well respected poll that says he's basically done.
4: All right. Now, it doesn't mean he won't advertise. He will, he'll do all that, but he's done. It's over. Can't grow fast enough.
1: All right. Fair enough. Now, let's go on to uh, Trump land because we have to deal with that. Uh, It's, um, I'm reading about uh, the memo. Obviously, the Republicans are saying the memo, the memo, the memo. Nothing happened with that memo with James Comey. It's it's basically sort of the same stuff, isn't it?
4: I, I My only two takeaways here is um, there's a point Comey contradicts himself of what he's saying on the tour versus what he wrote in the memo. He says on the tour uh, that he doesn't trust uh, Rod Rosenstein to effectively do the job. But in the memo that he wrote, he talks about how he reassured the president that Rod Rosenstein is so capable and so qualified to do a good job. But that was then.
1: I mean, you can change I, I, your mind I, oh, after yeah, a period I, I of time. I suppose that's
4: true. The other thing that was interesting was related to the Golden Shower conversation. Yes, uh, you knew we'd get there, didn't you? But uh, yes, yeah, yeah. But but the interesting thing was when in the in Comey's memo he brings it up to the president, and then the president keeps repeating, according to Comey, the year 2013 uh 2013 like like he took a trip to Russia in 2013 and then they have this conversation about how Trump says yeah i always believed that my room was under surveillance and being wired and then Comey goes yeah I, wherever i travel i operate under the assumption that i'm wired so that tells me that if trump believed that he was being watched even back in 2013 yeah, what is he, he come on what, he's what not going he to actually do
1: right all right uh i think one last one and i want to spend a minute or two about this is the talk of Trump running again, second term. He's already announced mm-hmm. he's running Campaigns again. Campaign's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, I don't know if that's normal at this point. He, for, he did it uh, actually
4: unprecedentedly early. Okay. The, the earliest any president has announced Really,
1: Fair enough. And uh, a group of Republicans are saying they either are not going to back him up outright or remaining silent on that. We've got two and a half years to go more right? I don't even know. So, too- so this yeah.
4: is this is a what's going on with a that story that is being completely taken out of context to fit a narrative that some of the mainstream media wants to drive. Here's why there are tw- almost 20 senators uh, that are saying it's it's way far out. I'm, I'm not willing to go there yet, and people are going, "What do you mean you're not willing to go there? They're in your own party." Here's why they're not willing to go there, uh, Bill, because most of the people who are not willing to go there. Are thinking about twenty eighteen and whether or not they it's in their self interest to hug the president or run or run for the president for twenty eighteen. Because if they say today that they are standing with the president in twenty twenty, that becomes the attack ad on twenty eighteen. So it doesn't mean that they are they know they're not they're gonna get in line. It's just right now, it's it's for instance, Ted Cruz, who said the world was literally gonna set on fire if Donald Trump became president, it's all of a sudden praising the president like you have never seen and why is that oh because ted donald mm-hmm. trump is insanely popular in texas and te, uh, ted cruz is up for reelect is purely right. political for 2018 they will be with the president in 2020
1: lawsuit democratic party suing jared kushner suing russia suing everybody for uh, effectively it was a conspiracy to have Hillary Clinton lose and Donald Trump winning—it's a civil suit, which I've never heard a Democrat of, of a of a party, a major party, filing a lawsuit like this. Does this mean anything, or is it just—it's uh, just
4: to drive headlines? I think okay. what I think what the Democratic Party has learned from the Stormy Daniels situation is that the ability to use the legal system, even the civil legal system, to generate headlines and bad press, and they're just trying to. Create bad press as we go into the midterms to remind their base about how much they hate Donald Trump. I don't think it'll go anywhere, but it's just a a PR stunt. In terms uh, of— Unprecedented, but a PR stunt. Is um, the Trump support among the base, has that wavered at all? In fact, it's better than it was even a few months ago. I mean, Trump's approval uh, depends on the district or whatnot, but he's anywhere from— 88 to 93%. That's rock solid with the base. They're there. Now, what are the the challenge Trump has to be worried about is those lean Republican voters, the independents that typically break Republican that would never vote Democrat. He has to make sure they show up and that the intensity gap is what he needs to be focused on, not his approvals.
1: All right. Uh we're going to go to uh foodie Friday coming up, John. Uh, thank you for the pumpkin bread by the way.
4: You're very welcome. Uh,
1: John makes the best pumpkin bread on the planet. As a matter of fact, John, you didn't know I was going to do this, but I am going to do this. The first 2,000 callers get (laughs) a pumpkin bread from John. (laughs) Uh,
4: Text the word (laughs) breads. (laughs) All All right. Thanks, John. uh,
1: You're very welcome. All right. uh, That's uh, John Thomas, uh, the Thomas Guide all over every place. All right, coming up, Foodie Friday with Neil Saavedra. A couple of fun topics to talk about. Uh, you're going to die, and I'm going to explain why, or Neil's going to explain why. KFI AM 640.
6: Gen- I'm starving.
7: Food. Glorious food. Do
2: you
0: know how to cook, or do you just know how to put trash in the oven and then put it on a plate? It's Foodie Friday with Neil Saavedra on The Bill Handel Show.
1: KFI handle here it is a Friday morning and uh, the big stories that we're covering and no doubt you're going to hear uh, Gary and Shannon the rest of the day covering this uh, the uh, explosion of the engine on the 737 Southwest Airlines has already uh, written checks $5000 per person on that airplane and a $1000 voucher uh, per person for uh, you know credit towards the next flight
7: and wouldn't I've, you kind of want that for another Airline, That's what I'm thinking. They walk
1: in, excuse me, can I have this for United or American Airlines, please? Can I
7: get this for Virgin, American?
1: Yeah, whatever. But that's that's fairly big news. All right,
7: uh, now. Uh, By the way, your crew is tenacious about your chair. Bill was not in here, so I sat in his chair and wanted to see what it felt like to be the king. And Wayne Resnick almost broke the, the glass with anger. And I think someone captured it, and you can find it on the Bill Handel Show Instagram. Now,
2: yes, but that's not. I wasn't mad that you were in his chair. What you, was the
7: concern?
2: People can go look at Bill
1: Handle
7: Show,
2: and they will see what got me so upset that I actually I totally now lost li- my temper.
7: And, and in a soundproof room, it's great because you I hear really him going,
2: lost <laughs> my temper.
7: <laughs> now, a
1: and very I quick re- Wayne Resnick uh, story with my chair. Uh, there, what Wayne used to do with oh, my boy. chair. Uh, it was a different chair I had at the time. Is he would uh, pull down his pants and rub his bare
7: butt on my chair before I sat in it? And if I recall correctly, he would also accompany that movement with the audio of wow, 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 All right, uh,
1: let's do it. All right, Neil, Neil, let's go for it.
7: Foodie Friday,
1: sir. Foodie Friday. And. Uh, uh, something that you brought up, we've talked about before, certainly off the air, and that is expiration date uh, of food. You are perfectly should not pay attention to expiration dates uh, unless
7: you want to die. You should. Yes, unless <laughs> you should, and you will die. There are some foods that you should most certainly, and others uh, that you have more leeway. But also the, the verbiage that is used is horrible. And there's no consistency and there's no specific legal terms. The only thing that I'm aware of that legally has to have a, an exact legal expiration date is baby formula. Everything else that I'm aware this- of on food is basically a suggestion.
1: Now, uh, with baby formula, is it use by? Does it say expiration date? Because you also have best use by. The no, word, I, I don't even hard, know what the hell I think that it's means.
5: An
7: actual expiration date. So you get three. You get three basic ones. You get sell by, which means that the retail—that's about the retailer—has nothing to do with you. It says that the retailer needs to sell it or remove the products from their shelf. Doesn't mean that it's gone bad. Just means. Does that your, mean they have to? that they have to. They can't sell. They have to sell it by that date or they have to remove it off their shelf by that date. It doesn't mean that it went bad. It's simply uh so that things do not stay on the shelf for lengthy periods of so time. So what do they do with that? Do they throw that away? There's a bunch of different things. It depends what it is. Sometimes it's used uh, dep- uh it can be used in some of the pre-prepared foods cuz now they're going to cook it. Uh, sometimes it goes to um animal home, feed homeless uh, homeless shelters sometimes animal feed all kinds of things depending on what it is but it's not it's not uncommon like for instance if you go those those wonderful rotisserie chickens that everybody loves right that you see everywhere that if those don't sell they don't just toss them they're still good but what they do is they usually will shred them and it will go into one of the salads or it will go into or they'll even sell them packaged as shredded chicken. Uh, but it, it depends on what, what the product is. All right, the, so so sell-by date by, is different. Right. Use-by, that is a suggestion to the consumer that they should use it by that date for maximum freshness and new nu- nutritional value. But it doesn't mean that it's going to go bad. There's not like a timer, it's not you know like an egg timer or something that goes off and goes ding ding ding, and then all of a sudden it goes to crack right That's like drugs that are three years past uh their date uh they're perfectly safe. It's just the efficacy has dropped exactly so sometimes there's you know a half life of something and it starts to break down a little bit and it won't have the same potency uh and also some of that, even with drugs now, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not giving you advice but i uh, sometimes with drugs, they want you to turn them over, so you're not keeping them for for long periods of time and not knowing what the efficacy is, but also so that you get more. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. So you know, you toss right. them and get more. And then Best Buy, um, that's also the, that's the date of of quality guarantee. So they're saying this is the quality guarantee. Uh, we we think that it will. We know that we can guarantee the quality that we stand by. Up until this day.
1: Now, are those dates artificially short? Could they go quite a bit longer?
7: As far as health-wise? Like, like is it going to harm you? Absolutely. Most of these things can go way past the date. Eggs, for instance, can go... If you look on an egg carton, there'll be a three-digit number that corresponds with the day of the year. So if it was January 1st, it would be 001. That means that's when the eggs were laid, right? You have 30 days... From that day. And oftentimes that's almost, that's weeks and weeks past the so-called expiration date on the side. You can uh, keep eggs for, I've had them for well over a month after a so-called expiration date. And I check them with the buoyancy test, putting them in a glass of uh, water. And if they uh, sink to the bottom, they're fresh. If they kind of tip up a little bit or go to the center, you have to eat them that day. And if they float to the top, they're bad. Because that means they're decomposing on the inside, creating gas, and it's causing them to float. So you can check these things, and, and oftentimes they're, they're okay for longer. However, if you get egg whites or you get eggs that are out of their shell, they don't last as long because they're not protected. Makes sense. So, so you only have three to five days after right. opening and maybe 10 days from the, the day you purchase it.
1: All right, uh, I want to take a break. We'll come back and finish it up on this Friday. And I'm looking at a headline, uh, a USA Today story. And the headline is fascinating. Americans waste an astounding amount of food, hyphen. And here's the one that I love. Oh, yeah. Healthy eaters are the worst. Yes, you're going to die if you eat healthy food. I love it. We'll be right back. Neil, you get to, we get to go through I'll explain that way. Oh yeah. can't wait. KFI AM6. I got the munchies, I
0: need a bagel.
3: I need a cookie. I need some toast. I got the handle munchies, here on
1: a, a Friday, I a April 20th, as we finish up the show. Uh, tomorrow morning, handle on the law from 6 to 11 o'clock. And tomorrow afternoon from 2 to 5, uh Neilster over here. Uh, Neil Savedra with a fork report. And uh, on social media, at Fork Reporter. And uh, on uh, the website, Fork Report, or The Fork Report.
7: No, I'm not going to save you. You just keep doing it. Do what you want. Did I do that wrong? No, I think it's right. Okay, fair enough. I just assume it's wrong if it comes out of your mouth. That's so true. Especially if it's legal aid. Yeah, I know, for sure. All
1: right. Uh, The amount of food we waste, we're way on top of the heap, if you will, uh, with the amount of food that Americans waste and I love this. Healthy eaters are the worst. So I'm going to just throw it at you.
7: So here's what's crazy: you've got Americans wasting a massive amount of 150,000 tons of food every day. Jesus, right? That's 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 a pound per person of food that could yeah. feed uh, an. Um, it's amazing. You how and many I were people having are... this conversation on our way to lunch the other day about yeah. how it's really about distribution. Right. I mean, there's plenty of food for the entire our... world. Yeah, plenty of food on the planet. It's just distribution and. And really, as Americans, we're kind of success kills. Uh, we're a very prosperous country and we tend to not think about food and water the way other countries do. I mean, there are countries that go, let me, you know, is it true you guys flush your waste with clean water? Because we do. Yeah. We use clean water to flush our toilets. So it, it is a, an amazing and astounding number 150,000 tons. Of food each day. But what they're finding through a study, a recent study, is that the majority of the food that's being tossed is fruits and vegetables. And the reason why is you get people that want to eat healthy, that buy all these fruits and vegetables, but don't have the time to prepare them and ending up, ending up going to get prepared food or whatever it is, and then tossing them. And they're finding that it's the healthier set that is doing this. And I great. see you grinning. I
1: am, yeah. because uh, I don't even bother. I, I go right past that and go right into processed foods from Costco. And uh, it's just, it's a lovely thing.
7: It so, really is. Y- well, you're talking about a, a, a massive amount of resources as well. So the research that was done by the USDA and the University of Vermont, University of New Hampshire, they're, they're finding that the wasted food that's being tossed out Uses about 30 million acres of land, about 7% of the American agriculture area. That's massive, as well as 4.2 trillion gallons of water, 1.8 uh, 8 billion pounds yeah, of nitrogen based fertilizer, and 780 million pounds of pesticides. But we have to t- obviously rethink the way we think. But also, the laws
1: themselves are kind of crazy. Uh, when uh, the girls were bought mitzvah, and uh, I was there. Yeah, you were there. And we had uh, this huge buffet, as a matter of fact, at many tables. And I was talking to the caterer and I said, wow, look at all this food left over for two reasons. The food is left over. Number one, because, you know, we eat a lot and we're a bunch of Jews, but also because I never occurred to me, you can't have uh, at a buffet where you simply are the last two or three slices of something it has to look yeah like so they keep uh, refilling it. right they keep refilling it and 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 when you run out there's still half of it left when you when you're done so where does that go you would think you would take it to a homeless shelter and she said here's the problem we have uh, health laws Yep. that don't allow us to do that. We have to throw it away because they have to maintain its temperature and we can't just wrap it up and take it, which is
7: ridiculous on its face. Even crazier, we ha- uh, celebrated in January my mother's 80th birthday. Had a lovely buffet uh, at a uh, local country club. Gorgeous spread. Everything was great. At the end, we asked if we could take any of it, and they said no. You couldn't. They couldn't even package it up and give it to us. Even though we had already paid for it, for the same reasons, so it's ridiculous. I don't know what they ended up doing with it. I don't know where it went, or if but it just threw, went to waste. Uh, They threw it out, and that's a horrible concept to me.
1: Well, it just adds to we are such a profligate country when it comes to food, and then we're also did you talk- just use profligate. I did good for you, and we also uh, the other thing we talked about is that food is being used as a weapon of war uh, amongst these dictators and starving people. I mean, it's just, when you think about it, you just shake your head and you go, this is how do you starve people to death as a method of waging war?
7: There has to be a better system, uh, for this kind of thing because it is, it is massive. The amount that's being wasted. And so as I'm cooking more at home and I love cooking at home, I do notice that I will go and I will anticipate and I'll, um, a bunch of produce or something, anticipating that I'm going to cook. And then if something here at the station happens or throws my schedule off and I'm working later or something like that, that I start, that weighs on me that I start thinking, well, right. what, you know. So what,
1: what is to do? the answer? So come up with some ideas because we talk about what's wrong. What can we do that's right?
7: One of the best things that you can do is uh, invest in a vacuum sealer, a vacuum sealer for your home. They're inexpensive and Food Saver makes them. You see them at Costco and prep your food. Like I've got a, a, a good amount of produce sitting on my counter that came yesterday. I'm going to celery. I'm not going to use tonight. I have no need for celery. But I'm going to I'm going to break it down. I'm going to cut it into um, into little squares. And then I'm going to freeze it on a cookie sheet. Not covered. Freeze it on a cookie sheet uh, so that they all stay separate. Then I will vacuum freeze them. And they'll perfect. I label them. And they're perfect for when I want to do soups. When I want to um, create a pot pie or something later on, uh, get in the habit of fabricating, breaking down your food, your produce, before they go bad, and freezing them.
1: All right. Oh, we're going to bail. Oh, who just walked in the door, uh, of course, uh, a minute and a half late. Uh, Shannon. They just,
4: they just said that you were going to say that in the office. Uh, they were I said, right. You're late, and he's going to say you're late, and then. Of course I am. You
1: know. Okay. I, it, I I can be read like a book. All right, what is going on in your world today? Did
4: you read Brotopia by Emily Chang? I did not. A great book. It's all about the the boy culture, the uh the boyhood culture, I guess you could say of Silicon Valley okay. and, and how those boys uh misbehave. Also, truly sad story of a murder of a kid from South El Monte. We'll get into that. It looks like his uh his friend has been arrested for that. And forest bathing is the new thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, we did a short segment on that. We're going
4: to do a long one on that. What oh. the hell is forest
1: bathing? Oh, oh you have, you'll have to tune you in. you have to tune in. It is... May uh, forest, bathe. It's uh, about oh, uh, it's crazy. trees.
0: And, it's like forest as the new spa.
1: Yeah, it's really bizarre. Get
0: out into nature yeah. and hug it.
1: Yeah, you and you definitely want to uh, listen to that for sure. All right, uh, coming up, it is scary and Shannon. It's a Friday uh, tomorrow from six to 11 o'clock handle on the law and Neil Savedra from two to five o'clock on, uh, Saturday, tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. I just said that. See, every, I figured every week. every week. Yeah. Good enough. I'm going to leave on that very, very strong note. Uh, Shannon. Do you like
4: my free shirt?
1: I do. California earthquake uh, authority shirt. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's a V-neck. It is a V-neck. Yeah. I can't find V-necks. I cannot find v There's a reason for that. Uh, yeah. It's, just, <laughs> it's just crazy. And I look and look and look. All right. Uh, We're out of here. Shannon, have a good show. Thank you, sir. Uh, Handle in the morning crew, KFI AM 640.